This podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional help. If you or someone you know is facing difficulties, I advise you consult a psychologist. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Psych for Life with Dr. Amanda Ferguson. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Ferguson. Today, I'll be discussing dreams, lucid, and how we'll soon be able to record our own dreams as movies with Daniel Aldous, MA. Daniel's a dream scientist. Daniel's a behavioral health analyst for the state of California, an author and researcher. His work's been featured by Forbes, CNN, Fox Networks, Psychology Today, HuffPost, Australia Broadcasting, CBS Radio and Wired. His interests are lucid dreaming and dream recording using technologies such as electrocephalogram, functional magnetic resonance imaging and electromyography. Welcome, Daniel, to the podcast. Well, thank you, and thank you for having me. And I have just as hard a time as you do in pronouncing <laughs> some of these some of these technological terms. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's very reassuring to hear. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're not alone. Thank you. Daniel, before we get into your main interests, you're a dream scientist. And what does science think dreaming is all about? Why study dreaming? Well, that's a good point, and that is always in flux. The, the theories of dreaming uh, have been many theories all the time since uh, before Freud and on into uh, J. Allen Hobson's theories of dreaming, which is basically a biochemical theory. Wow. And then in, in this century, we have theories that dreams are simulations of threats. In other words, we're practicing out uh, certain threats, and that would be an evolutionary theory because if we can prepare for different threats, yeah, in evolution we won't be eaten by lions quite yes. so easily, right? Yeah. Uh, and so that would have a good uh, valid theory for adaptation, right, in evolution. And then some scientists have gone further and said that primarily dreams are simulations of social threats. In other words, yeah. our relationships with people those things that uh, we feel conflicts about, those things that we worry about in our relationships with people, and we practice out uh, events or actions with other people in our dreams. And mm. basically our brain is trying to improve our adaptation socially so that we get, in a sense, we get practice yep. working with other people and interacting with people in social situations. So. So many of my dreams are uh, in groups of people or, or on a bus or, uh, you know, downtown with crowds of people or something like that. And uh, so I think there's some merit to that. Yeah. You know, in, reality, in reality, nobody really knows why we dream and uh, nobody really knows for sure why we sleep. You know, the, the main focus lately on sleep has been that it's, it's chemical in nature. It does some kind of restorative act with the body. Yep. And, and the, the part played by dreams or REM dreaming, rapid eye movement dreaming, is mainly for storing long-term memories. So it's sort of a memory consolidation of things we learn while we're waking. We consolidate some memories in dreams and other ones we discard. And, wow. uh, and some go the other extreme. Uh, uh, remember um, Crick? Uh, who did DNA? 
Yes. And Watson and Crick, well, uh, Crick had a theory that the whole purpose of dreams is to get rid of memories. Wow. To get, to get rid of those memories that are just junk, basically that our, that our survival or our biology does not need these memories. We, they don't contribute to anything uh, learning or anything, you know, uh, to our behavior. So we're cycling through memories and we're changing the neuron connections in the brain. Yep. During REM sleep, and we're discarding junk. It's like a house cleaning for the brain. Wow. Yeah, and that was um, and that was Crick's theory, and so there's a lot of them, you know. Yeah. But I think probably consolidation of memory is 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 one of the most popular theories, along with the simulation theory, mm. threat simulation. Uh, I sort of believe them all. I still believe that there's a lot of. Uh, uh, merit to the psychoanalytic, you know, yep. uh, Freud, Adler, Jung, that whole group there. Did mm. uh, there some wish fulfillment, for example? Yeah. So I think that all these theories have something to contribute to our understanding of dreams. Mm. So fascinating. So we're doing a lot of work when we're so-called sleeping. Well, we're, and we're also very active usually. Yeah. You yeah. know, in fact. Uh, the body is involved. You know, a lot of people think that it's just the brain and a bat, but the body is very intricately involved with dreams. When we run in dreams, even though our physical body is asleep on the bed, we're pretty yes. much para paralyzed, right? Yeah. Uh, except, except in a condition they call REM disorder behavior, where people get up and move around. Mm. Other than other than that, though, uh, even though we seem to be paralyzed on the bed. The nerve impulses that we use when running in a dream actually are going to the legs and the arms. So Goodness. you can measure those. So you're actually running, even though you're running through a dream scene, wow. your body is actually involved. So we're very active in dreams, not just the brain, but the whole body is involved with, with dreams. Yeah, because I looking at some of your amazing presentations, they're really fascinating and really in-depth. I can see that you've been studying, I guess, what you're talking about, dream motor behaviour reconstruction and dream speech re recognition. So these, these things, as you say, this behaviour that's happening, this physiological behaviour and even speech as sometimes people speak in dreams, um, so I, I guess this is your one of your main areas um, before we even talk about lucid dreaming, this this technological um, integration that you, you talk about between the inner self um, and the society and technology and how they all connect is what one of your great areas, I think, of study. Yes, very much. And the most exciting thing going on now, I think, and uh, is actually recording a dream. Uh, making a movie out of your dream. Yeah. And, and, and this is, there would be the visual aspect, right? Yes. And there would be the, the speech in dreams, the conversations. And just like the body is involved, I talked about like walking or running. When you speak, these impulses actually go to the speech muscles on the, on the face, on the throat and so forth. So we're actually, our bodies involved and that can be measured with uh, what they call EMG, electromyography. Mm-hmm. So we can measure speech. We can measure visual in dreams, what we see in dreams through MRIs, you know, like the big MRIs in hospitals. Yes. There's also smaller ones. And you can actually recreate what people are seeing, what they're saying, and what their body movement is doing in a dream and 
create a movie from that and watch it in the morning on your computer and upload it to YouTube. Everybody can, I don't know if you want everybody to see your dream. Yeah. But this is all in process, right? It, it's yeah. a, it's a many universities around the world are involved, and it's still going to be you know a few years before we can record a dream in a lab, and a few mo more years before you could do it at home, right? But the technology is there to actually record a dream. Now, the question, of course, is, is it good or bad? In other yes. words, do we want to record <laughs> a dream? And not only that, but if you could record your own dream, what is stopping somebody else from recording your dream? You know, like a like a uh, authoritarian government. Yeah. They could passively restrain you. You have to go to sleep sometime. Yes. And they could they could record your dream. I even had a conversation with two people. One was a, a retired Air Force general, uh, an American Air Force general, who thought this would be a great technology to interrogate potential terrorists. Oh because you record their dream, they have to go to sleep, yeah. and you could you could get clues for who they know, what they're planning, you know, stuff like that. And so it could be a great tool, he thought, for you know, for fight, for combating you know, terrorism, yeah. for example. But I talked to another person who was a retired Air Force intelligence officer. He thought, not a good idea. If if the government can record a terrorist dream, they can record your dream. Nothing yes. stopping. When you hear a knock on your bedroom door, that could be somebody <laughs> coming to record your dream. Wow. You know, so it's sort of scary. It's sort of like the movie of, uh, uh, with Tom Cruise, uh, where uh, Minority Report was the name of it, and where they could uh, predict the future, what you may do if you commit a crime, for example, right? They could tell ahead of time that you're going to commit some crime. Or say they arrest you before you commit the crime, right? Oh. Well, if they record your dream and they think that you have you know, twisted ideas or that inside your mind you're a, a scary or violent person, or uh, a deviant, you know. Yeah. They could put you in jail just because of your dream. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, that's so, scary, futuristic. So there's, a, there's a good side and a dark side to yeah. dreaming. But the the idea, mostly for the positive aspect, for like uh, uh, therapy, yeah, for, for therapists, you and your therapist could sit down, watch your dream together, instead of you trying to remember your dream, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and you could talk about it. You can talk about the conflicts in the dream, the the psychological mechanism of the dream, trying to deal with these conflicts, these yes. relationships with other people. And for PTSD, yeah. you could try to overcome nightmares and you could work with your therapist to what you could do to try to overcome uh, nightmares. So it could be a great tool. Uh, it's, a, it's a few years uh, you know, in the future that uh, this will be happening. Um, for uh, you know the general public, but I think it's uh, it, it's fascinating to me because making a movie of a dream uh, and having that available to see on your computer or sharing it, whatever is, uh, is is interesting. I think. Yeah, and I saw that as part of that process, you create avatars, and the avatar is, I guess, the dreamer. Is that right? Yes, and one of the things with the avatar is, with that particular one, is that we were measuring the body movement. So we could actually, we could actually animate what you're doing in your dream. 
Yeah. Sorry if you're running or waving to somebody or jumping or whatever you're doing. We can animate. You can watch what that person was doing in their mm. dream. They're sound asleep in bed, but you could actually see what their they their their body movements and dreams. You know. Yeah. What we call motor behavior. And then when you add that with the, the visual imaging and the, the dream speech and conversations, mm. you have a, a pretty good uh, picture uh, of what that person was dreaming. So it could be it could be very interesting. Uh, it could bring us closer to our inner selves because mm. dreams so much are, in a sense, suppressed in society, you know. Yes. Um, and, and a lot of people don't talk about it. A lot of people don't even think they dream. But yes. If they record their dream, they'll find out that they do dream. Almost everybody does about three times a night. We generally go into a dream period uh, early in the evening, middle of the night and early in the morning. Right. And it varies, of course. Uh, and the, uh, the, the earlier ones are like from 20 minutes, 30 minutes long. The middle ones are like 45 minutes. And the one close to morning, sometimes over an hour of a REM period where, where we're dreaming. And if we wake up, in the, you know, at the right time in the morning, we could usually remember some of the dream. Yes. Um, you, you know, and then write it down for those people that have an interest in keeping a, a dream journal. Mm. And so, why is it some people don't um, or aren't aware of their, that they're dreaming and don't remember their dreams? Well, there's probably quite a few reasons. One, um, from a biological standpoint, some scientists feel that we're not supposed to. Uh-huh. In other words, right. In other words, the thing we, the things we learn in a dream, for example, uh, let's say to, uh, younger kids, right? Yeah. Uh, I jump out of a, off a little building and fly. Okay. So I haven't learned yet that I can't do that when I'm mm. awake. So I think, oh, I just did this a little while ago. I jumped off a building and flew, not realizing it was just in the dream. Yeah. And so they get up to the top of their house, they climb up the attic or whatever and jump out the window. Mm. And so some scientists feel that it's we're not meant to remember our dreams yep. because we those experiences we had they're not they're not true in the sense that we can't rely on them to be true in life no. we can't we cannot fly right yeah and so some scientists feel that we shouldn't remember our our dreams because those experiences we had are not meant to be uh, influence our waking up but that's that's just certain scientists right Yes. I don't really agree. I don't really agree with that. Yeah. I think the a lot of the reasons I think that we don't remember our dreams, it's a combination of things. One is the dream story jumps around, right? Yes. And it's hard to follow a story of a cause and effect yep. like we have in waking life. I got on the bus, I got off the bus, I walked into my job, I worked my job, I went to lunch, you know what I mean? Uh, it follows when where dreams can jump around. And yeah. so it's hard to remember those leaps between the dream uh, stories, right? Yes. Uh, the other thing uh, is that, I guess you could call it life worry. We worry about stuff. When we wake up, the first thing we remember is, what did I do? What do I need to do today? Yeah. Did, did something happen yesterday I need to remember, right? Yeah. You know, you're, you're trying to re, reposition yourself of yes. where you are, right? Yeah. And so your mind your mind focuses on the day ahead. Yes. Or the day before, and you forget the dream. So uh, one uh, dreamer told me a, a good way to to uh, to improve dream recall is to take like a little token, like they had maybe in the movie Inception, right? They had yes. a little top. Okay. Now, 
if you have nothing to worry about, in other words, the next day you have no big pressing concerns or, or something you have to cope with, uh, no big problems going right. Although everybody has some problems going, but none right immediate, right? Yep. And put that in right by your bed. And when you wake up, you'll see that. And you'll go, if it's sitting there, you go, oh, everything's all right. I can just think about my dream. <laughs> I don't have to think about anything else, right? Because that, that token is there. If you have a lot going on in your life that you have to work with, the next day you have a lot of obligations, then don't put the token. So only put the token if you're telling yourself, be free to just think about your dream and try to remember. Wow. Right? Yeah. So that's a good that's a good way. Uh, another reason we may not remember a lot of, of our dreams is an interesting thing that I worked with at the University of Texas is that time and space and dream are slower. Oh. When, we're, when we're walking in a dream, they've done many different experiments with this. I use electromyography on the muscles, right, the sensors, but other people have used different methods. When we're walking in a dream, it's about 50% slower than when we're walking in real life. Everything is moving slower, time is slower. It slows down, right? Why is and that? So, I don't know, was oh. it some physiological reason <laughs> or, or what, what it is, it's pretty wild though, right? Yeah, it is. And so when you wake up, you're now in the waking sort of time, yeah. time, time zone, right? Yeah. And it's hard to remember, uh, uh, experience in dreaming because that was at a slower pace that's sort uh -huh. of slower so that could be another reason so there's probably a lot of reasons but i had i worked with a woman who told me i never remember my dream she said, I never do and i says well read this book on dreams it was like a small book i i can't remember if it was freud or lucid dreaming or what yeah i just get interested in him so she did and about two days later she says i had this great dream she says my mom who had died had come to my room and talk to me oh. people were coming in and saying hi to my mom i haven't seen her for years you know because she had died many years before yeah she, i can't believe it. this is the first dream i ever remembered so a lot of it is just being interested yes. in other words wanting to remember yeah reading reading about dreams you know and just becoming more interested uh and then you may start remembering more she was just thrilled the first dream she remembered in oh, 10 years later so uh, th that was very exciting for her. And so I think that, you know, people, a lot of it is just being interested because we don't, you don't see that much about dreams out in the in no. the social environment or on uh, social media or anywhere really too much. No, you don't. And, and lucid dreaming, my understanding of that is that we're aware that we're dreaming at the time we are dreaming. Is that what lucid dreaming is about? Uh, it is right. It, it it and it can take many uh, it can take many forms as far as how deep you know you're not you're dreaming. In other words, mm -hmm. many people have a dream where something weird is just too strange, right? Yes. Something something that happens. Just dreams can be pretty bizarre, but there's even a point to they get too bizarre. Yeah. And you go, wait, <laughs> wait, wait a minute, this can't be happening. Wait a minute, I must be dreaming, right? <laughs> and that is lucid, but then they wake up. Right? Yeah. And so. The point of what we call deeper lucid dreaming, you know, all the all the books are about and the articles and everything are about not waking up, staying in the dream. Yep. And, and one of the ways you could do that is you can like stare at your hands in the dream and sort of stabilize the dream, right? Ah. Yeah. Or you can spin in the dream, just spin around. So there's different ways 
And then once you maintain that a little bit, then you can explore. You can, it's your dream. It's yeah. your world. You can do anything you want. There's no physics. There's no society rules. You can do literally anything you want. So uh, you're in control. You can change the scene. If you want to be in Australia, <laughs> if you want to be by the, by the ocean on your sailboat, you know, you can do that. You can fly. Yeah. You, you walk through walls. Yeah. Make people make people appear or disappear, mm. especially disappear if it's like a monster chasing you or somebody that you feel threatened by. You can make him disappear. But of course, many psychologists say don't make him disappear because mm. the purpose of dreaming is helping you to resolve problems, right? Yeah. To heal, to heal in a way, your inner conflict. Confront this person, confront this monster mm. in your lucid dream and say, this is my dream. Who are you? <laughs> what are you doing in my dream? <laughs> often, often the monster will say, well, I'm your old friend from high school that used to bully you. Don't you remember? And wow. You know where you don't, don't bully me anymore. This is my own dream, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you can confront um, nightmares because you know it's your dream. You know you can't yes. be harmed, you know. And so you could search out long lost friends or people that you have lost, yep. you know, people that have passed on. Uh, you, you can explore this world. You can open yourself up to the unconscious, you know, the global unconscious for, yeah. for that. Exactly. Some, people, yeah, some people believe in, uh, I've, I've had a couple instances, but uh, going into the future in the dream, right? Yeah. Is that possible? Well, there's some evidence, you know. Also, a mutual dream, mm -hmm. a mutual lucid dream where you agree with somebody else. We're both going to become lucid tonight, right? No, we're wow. dreaming. We're, we're going to meet at the park in the same dream. Oh. And then we're going to be in the same dream together, sort of like the movie Inception. Yeah. And there's been a lot of cases that uh, seem to prove this, right? I'm, I'm sort of more of a hard scientist. You have to sort of show me evidence. Yes. Right? But there are a lot of anecdotal uh, stories where people on both sides have without, you know, like what they call a double blind, where people yes. don't know what they're They both describe the exact same dream and doing the same thing. Wow. So maybe mutual dreaming is is possible. Yeah. And, it's very exciting. So people do experiments. They they join somebody else in a dream. Yeah. And it, it, it's a wide world. You know, there's a uh, there's a book by Robert Wagner. It's called Lucid Dreaming: Gateway to the Inner Self, and it talks about opening yourself up to the the awareness of mm. of life, of of the cosmos, of, mm. of, of, of uh, spirituality. Open yes. yourself yourself up to spiritual. Um, ex experiences, right? And uh, you know all those terms: the, the grace of the universe, love of the universe, and just don't control the dream. Ask the dream to show you something. Say, show me something, you dream. Yeah. And the dream, had, the dream will give you that. That's right. I've had those experiences myself, where literally all I need to do is set the intention consciously before going to sleep. Um, and with an open mind to not fully direct, of course, um, because as you said, you want to be open to whatever it is that you're exploring. Yes, I think I think that's oh, there's a key right there is openness and also uh, intention. Yeah. Right? Yep. Your your intentionality on on 
and focus, you know, and so mm -hmm. it's a wide world. It, you know, it's just like I often explore uh, dreams now to the the American moon mission, the Apollo mission. Right? Wow. Yes. It had many years to go to outer space. Mm -hmm. And now we have SpaceX, Elon Musk wants mm -hmm. to go to Mars, right? Outer space. With what's going on in dreams is a voyage into inner space. Yes. It's into our inner self. And it's yes. following the same path. Mm -hmm. Dream recording, lucid dreaming, exploring your own dreamscape. So yeah. we're moving into inner space the same time that we're moving into outer space. And I think it's, I think it's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's so much going on, and I only know a piece of it. There's so much going on, I can't, you know, keep up with it. No. I just sort of saw an analogy again that um, you mentioned in one of your presentations that the foundations of dream recording started in the 60s when we were going out of space, into outer space, and we were starting to record going into space. That That's a good point. Yes, yeah, so the very early experiments were. And every decade seems to improve uh, uh, new technologies, right? Yeah. Interact with it. And some people are not as interested in recording a dream as they want to influence a dream. Yes. In other words, and this is this is sort of complex because it's actually easier to get stuff out of a dream than put stuff in, right? Yes. And so, but you can influence a dream with things like sounds, right? Uh, light. You can red light flashing yeah. over your bed you often will dream of like a fire engine right or, yes. or a signal light or you know uh, a flashing sun or something right yeah and so with, with light with sound uh, recently i read an article that they they these scientists claimed that they can cure nightmares with one tone oh. and what they do is they in when people are waking the people tell them what what tone or what musical tone or sound makes them the most relaxed, right? Yep. And then when they're having a nightmare in yep. the dream, they play this tone and it so relaxes the person, the nightmare disappears. Oh, beautiful. So I know. So you can influence dreams from the outside and they yep. become part of the story of the dream. Yeah. Right. And I worked actually with dream to dream communication using those concepts where one dreamer could send a message to another dreamer within their dream. Oh, wow. So, like if I'm walking an ocean in my dream, my friend or my wife or whatever is climbing a mountain in her dream, I can actually send sort of a message like hello to her dream on the mountain from my dream. How? I'm in the ocean. Well, it's all done with um, the concepts of uh, uh, recording like uh, body movements, eye movements in this case, because as you know, rapid eye movements, the eyes do move in the dream when you're looking at stuff. This can be measured. And you can, as we talked about, you can influence a dream by playing light, like lights or sound, yes. right? We talked about, okay, a person becomes lucid. And you have to be hooked up to equipment, right? You yes. just don't do this. It's not an ESP thing. It's not psychic. <laughs> so it's all it's all done through technology. So the person who is dreaming of being on the ocean on a cruise ship, they become lucid. They signal with their eyes, like left, right, left, right, that I'm dreaming, uh, right? Yes. The, the technology catches that, put, pushes it up to a website. The other person climbing the mountain is also sleeping with EEG equipment on. 
Yeah. And when it knows she's dreaming, a red light flashes that comes into her dream climbing on the mountain and she sees the sun flashing red and she knows it's a hello from her friend on the cruise ship in history. Wow. That's <laughs> yeah, amazing. So, yeah, it's a very simple message, right? It's, it's a very simple uh, communication. Yeah. But it is it is still communication between one dream and another. Absolutely. So what led you into this world of dream study? Lucid dreaming, actually. Uh, I even and, and this is true of most a lot of lucid dreamers. They remember when they were children. Yeah. That once in a while, they'd know they were dreaming and they could sort of explore. Yeah. And I always seemed to know this while I was in school, in my dreams in school. I'd be in, in the classroom and I would know I was dreaming for some reason. Maybe something weird happened or, or whatever reason. Mm. And I knew I was dreaming. It was so exciting because the other kids did. And I would go around to the other kids, like, you know, fourth grade, fifth grade. Yeah. I would say, you realize you're in my dream. You're not even a real person. You're, uh-huh. I'd say, and, and the other little kid would say to me in the dream, they'd say, how do you know it's not my dream? Oh, <laughs> you know? oh wow. And, and so I would have these as a, as a child uh, many times, right? Wow. And then I would, I would fly and all. So um, I think it was, uh, I was only like maybe 20 years old or 21 years old. I ran into a book uh, like on lucid dreaming, I think yes. it was published in 1968. And I thought, oh, I remember those as a kid, right? I remember having those lucid yes. dreams in my school and having so much fun. I would even challenge the teacher and say, you can't give me a bad grade because this is my dream. <laughs> <laughs> That's a much it's better a world, dream. isn't it? <laughs> Get whatever grade you want. Yes. Oh, and, you know, Freud was right. Wish fulfillment in, in this case. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, that's what got me interested. A few books, and then I got involved with the experiments, and uh, and so I, it hasn't been steady over the years. I my interest has uh, has varied, uh, but mm-hmm. in the last few years, with dream recording and all these things going on, I've been involved with a couple. University is very excited about being able to record dreams. Yeah, and so that's and plus, you know, my my job, my daytime job, is I work for the state of California as a a, a mental health analyst, a behavioral health analyst, and what I specialize in is analyzing data for about fifteen million uh, medical, no, low, basically lower income folks. Yes, uh, they're mental health records, their health records, and uh, um, substance use and stuff like nice. that. And my goal is to try to improve the lives of these people, uh, their mental health. And I focus a lot on foster kids yep. and, and kids at risk. Mm. And so I'm looking, what, I'm analyzing what is helping kids. Yep. Kids who, kids who are, have uh, suicide ideation. Yes. Kids who have problems in school you know problems with their friends and who are are going through treatment what what is working what is not now in this case we don't dreams are not a big part of this no i hope in the future they will because i think it is important part of everybody's life at any age and also adolescents and and kids yes i think dreams are, are important but currently they're they're not a big part of the of the treatments although for some therapists for some uh, specialist, a mental health specialist, that is a factor. But mm. generally, I look at those 
strengths that kids have that help them pull through, help them get past these crisis points, right? Yeah. Those things, those things that help them, such as uh, family strengths or, mm-hmm. or 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 faith, things like that, uh, or a hobby or an interest that they mm-hmm. they have. And so I, I look at that data, and it's um, there's so many people who have issues, you know, and yeah. not, not just children, adults. And so I, I work with that information and try to figure out what what is working on a statewide level. There's about 15 million, uh, 15 million uh, clients that I uh, work with their information. So that's good. And I hope the dreams can become more involved because I think they can help us with healing yes. uh, because they can help us focus to make our mind healthier. And I think our bodies often will follow suit. Oh, yes, completely. See that in the research as well, that we know that the body follows the mind. Um, And you've just presented at the third annual Many Worlds of Lucid Dreaming online conference. So I guess, you know, even though you say you don't fully keep up with all the research, uh, you're still very, very much involved in it. Yeah, the conference is exciting. It's actually still going on, but uh, I think it goes on for another week. And it's such a wide variety of, uh, of presenters. And I guess I want to throw out a little uh, pitch for the organization is called International Association for the Study of Dreams. Yes. It's IASD. It's a great organization. People can join. And they have conferences. They have online workshops. They have so many things. And this particular conference on lucid dreaming, you have a wide variety. You have people uh, who are into the hard science, right? Yes. Uh, basically interested like I am pretty much. Now. And then you have people that are involved with uh, the para, paranormal, yep. uh, you know, uh, psi, ESP, mutual dreamings, precognitive dreams, where wow. you dream into the future, yeah. uh, which I had some of those. I, I, I don't know what the physical basis would be, how you would uh, explain them, but I've had many where, and many people have, where you dream something, it comes true yes. the next next day or yeah. the next week. So this conference has sort of runs the whole spectrum of uh, the science, you know, to the parapsychology yeah. and to the, to the spiritual, to the mythical. And so there's a lot about Eastern religions, and Buddhist, and uh, yoga, and, and their views of dreaming, how to tap into some of those. Fascinating. Uh, yeah, it, so, it, 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 it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, so people can log on to IASD or the International Association for the Study of Dreams and they can find all of this fascinating material. Yes, it, it's fun. And they have a, a, a physical conference, except during the COVID, uh, oh. every year. And sometimes it's like in, in, I don't know if it's been in Australia, but it's been in Europe and different different locations in the United States. And it's a lot of fun. They even have a, uh, it's sort of lighthearted, you know, uh, nice. yet everybody has a good time, talks about dreams. They have a dream ball where you dress up, where you dress up as your favorite dream character, right? <laughs> Perfect. You, you, have, you have music and you dance and everything. Yeah. So, so it, it really is sort of a, it's a lot of fun. How wonderful. And people can find out more about you on your website as dreams.academia.edu slash Daniel Aldis. Yeah, I, I have a different types of, of uh, uh, material on there. Uh, it arranged from like dream recording, lucid dreaming, 
why we forget dreams, and why we don't realize most of the time we're in a dream and we don't realize they're dreaming. How can we let so many, you know, bizarre, strange things happen and just go with it? You know. Yes. So I talk about why we only rarely know we're dreaming. You know, only rarely become lucid. So I, I also talk about that too, and uh, so lots of different material on there. Mm. And and does that fit with those um, other theories? the other evolutionary theories that it's probably not safe for us to know when we are dreaming. Is that why we mostly don't know while we're, while we're dreaming? That could, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think maybe not so much evolutionary on that, that why are we fooled by this? Why are we fooled by this world, right? This dream world. And we believe yeah. it most of the time, right? Sometimes we, we become lucid, but generally believe it. For that case, I, I, I'm going to step back a little bit to psychoanalytic theory. Yep. Freud and Adler, Jung, and for them, the dream is doing work. Yeah. It's doing dream work. It's trying to help you work through some problem, identity, repression, yeah. you know, neurosis and stuff. And they would probably say, Freud would probably say that if you know you're dreaming, you defeat the purpose. Mm -hmm. You have to you have to be convinced this is real in order yeah. for you to, to solve these problems, right? Yep. And he may have a point there, true. Mm. So, you know, so I do discuss that too on, on some of my papers. But uh, it, it's it's interesting. It's it's a whole world. Like I said, it's inner space. No. <laughs> so. Look, Daniel, it's been fascinating chatting with you. I would love to have another chat with you sometime, um, if you if you had the time. It, it's such a, an amazing inner space world that you've led us through somewhat already, and I'm sure there's deeper deeper aspects to this inner space that we could travel down some other time. Yeah, and thank you. And on, on my um, academia side, I do have my email if somebody ever feels like uh, sending me a question or, yes, or with please. their own experiences, their own, their own ideas. That's great always to hear from people. Yes, please give us your email address. Yeah. Well, that, that's on my site, uh, academia. Okay. But I, can give it, I can give it to you. It, it's it's, it's a plain label books at gmail.com. Wonderful. Plain label books. I used to have the little publishing plain label books at gmail.com. So always good to hear from folks. And uh, thanks a lot. Thank you so much, Daniel. And all of these uh, links will be in the show notes for people. Oh, great. Well, you have a good day down there. If anything discussed in this podcast has caused you concern or distress, contact your general practitioner or health provider. To locate a psychologist in your area, call the Australian Psychological Society and locate Find a Psychologist Service on 1800 397 or visit www.findapsychologist.org.au. If you or someone you know is in crisis, Lifeline is available 24-7 on 13 11 14 and Kids Helpline, again 24-7, on 1800 55 1800 and both are free of charge. To find out more about me, please visit my website, dramandaferguson.com.au. You can find the link in my show notes. The opinions expressed by guests in these podcasts aren't necessarily shared by me.